1: you're listening to orange and blue blood hosted by ej stewart and tommy beard let's get to it new with the draft lottery, so the knicks will go into this year's nba draft without a draft pick in either the first or second round there was a chance the knicks again would be selecting the lottery had the dallas mavericks pick landed outside of the top 10. The knicks had secured a top 10 protected pick from the mavericks thanks to the Porzingis trade however dallas landed the 10th spot on Tuesday, so the Knicks uh, pick from the Mavs now gets deferred to next season as a top-10 protected pick. The Knicks sent their own pick, which was slotted now at 23 after the results of this past regular season. Uh, That pick was sent to Portland in the Josh Hart trade earlier this year. So, uh, Tommy, when it comes to this uh, draft lottery, I want to begin with the fact that Dallas Mavericks got to keep their pick. I don't know. I'm sitting there. I'm watching the draft. I see, you know, I guess with Nico Harrison, I think was up there um and then that that pick goes to 11 and i see it's not dallas or the knicks or whoever they would put on the uh on the graphic and you know i got sent back to that end of the regular season where the dallas mavericks who were in position to make the play-in potentially had they played out the string uh essentially quit on the season and and it kind of secured themselves a, a spot in that top 10 and i still feel like the nba should have avoided that pick i think that it's a disgrace that uh dallas was able to earn a ten, top 10 pick via that kind of nonsense that happened at the end of the season do you feel the nba made a mistake with how that whole situation went down uh
0: at the time i didn't think so and i and i still i i, I think probably stripping them of a first round pick would have been a little harsh obviously there was the, the hefty fine i'll just say this yeah. in terms of of the the big picture you mentioned nico harrison was on the dais there where he wasn't uh, was was watching his team in the postseason. And and right. I, this is something that I've that I've talked about, you know, kind of over the last couple of weeks. And I thought it was kind of solidified and got some pushback from Mad fans, obviously. But the Heat and the Lakers are two of the final four teams. You know, the Heat are, are now one three games away from the finals after, after yep. winning game one. Both of those teams came it, it had to survive the play in tournament. They qualified for the play-in tournament that the Mavericks deemed unworthy of them or, you know, not worth pursuing. Um, And and both of those two, and two of the final four teams in the league, the Heat may go from the play-in tournament to the NBA finals. Um, You know, you're telling me that Listen, they had some breaks go their way. Giannis injures his back, and and but you Man. know, and, but all things considered, they, they they came together at the right time. They built some momentum. They got hot. They had a a, a fortunate path, um, you know, uh, to to the uh, to the postseason uh, towards the, the playoff picture. You're trying to tell me that a team with Luka Doncic and a healthy Kyrie Irving couldn't have done the same? I'm, I listen. It, they were against the odds. Um, you know, but what happens if they play the Nuggets in round one and Jokic injures his ankle in game two and misses four yeah. playoff games? Like all these things are the odds are are stacked against you, obviously. But the point is, when you have a generational talent like Luka Doncic and you trade a first round pick a month before you decide to quit on the season for Kyrie Irving, who's hit some of the you know biggest for all the foibles and flaws in Kyrie, we talked about him. Put him in a playoff yeah. game, dude can score thirty five and, and oh yeah, blindfolded. Um, so for all those reasons, um, yes, the, the Mavs got to, got to keep their, the 10th overall pick in a decent draft. It's a little bit top heavy. They didn't move up. They, you know, I, you know, they didn't, they don't, they're not getting one They're not getting Scoot Henderson. They're not getting one of the Thompson brothers. Um, so for all those things, I, I just think. You know, if there's a, you know basketball gods and karma and all that stuff, how does Luca feel about his team forcing him to quit on him when they need him to re-sign a contract eventually somewhere down the road? What happens with Kyrie this summer? Yeah. Uh, how do they kind of reconstruct that roster? Is the tenth overall pick going to make or break the 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 future of the franchise? I, I don't know. You know, I I will just say that there's that. Um, uh, while some folks say, ah, you know, the, the Mavs have to be ecstatic. They kept their 10th pick. I just – let's let's look at the big picture. Let's wait a couple of years and see how this all plays out. My thought at the time was it was a shameful, you know, decision um, against the just the integrity of the sport – um, yeah. It was a bad decision from a franchise standpoint, even despite the fact that they kept their their first round pick. Again, it's not like it transfers the two uh, second rounders next year. The Knicks are still going to cool. get what the 18th overall pick, the 21st overall pick next right. season. Are you guaranteed that the 10th player picked in 2023 is better than the tw- 23rd overall? You know, there's right. yeah. a lot of variables there. So I just I just thought um, at the time, and I think just the fact that the Lakers. And the heat yeah. well, again obviously the the lakers have a they were they they were uh the first half of the season they played poorly they the, the, the trades kind of transfer things but again the 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 opportunities to you had a chance to get a ticket into the dance and you quit on the on the season um and we'll see how it plays out
1: yeah it is interesting how you got two play in tournament teams first time they're going this far into the into the playoffs and now again you got the heat Three games away from the NBA finals. And when you consider how great Jimmy Butler has played, the star player that he is, and how he's been able to carry his team throughout the postseason, you kind of wonder, you know, the way Luka Doncic uh can get on the heater. Like, hey, couldn't he have maybe made on a went on a run like that now for Dallas and where they would have been slotted, you know, they would have been the 10th team or the 19 to get in. So they're seeing the nuggets in the first round if they win. So uh, may, are they beating the Nuggets in the first round? Uh, that, that might be a little bit of a tall task, considering what. But played. but uh, I'll just
0: say this, DJ. Did anyone have? Did anyone on Earth have the Heat beating the Bucks in the first round? Right.
1: Exactly. Nobody. No. Nobody. Uh, so, and the Heat are playing. In, the Heat are in the conference finals, and what ESPN said they had a three percent chance to win. So even now, they're still being uh, discounted. So yeah, yep. anything can happen once you get to the postseason. So yeah, that. So that decision, I think, also was was questionable. I don't know. I just I think to me, yes, some of it is spitefulness because the Knicks, you know, I thought should have gotten a lottery pick this year, given how things worked out. Dallas had screwed themselves and put themselves in a position where um they were not one of the worst ten best teams really from right. this NBA season. And they kind of gained the system to put themselves in that spot because they didn't want to lose a draft A pick, like you said, they're gonna lose most likely anyway. So, so for me, I just thought, for the NBA standpoint, you, they should have sent a message. It should have been, "Hey, this is we're not going to allow teams to discount the play-in tournament the way the Dallas Mavericks did ever again. We're not going to allow teams to, uh, uh, you know, finagle with lottery protections and, and the odds in this way ever again. And we're going to make sure um, that the integrity of the playoffs is not is untouched. So I, I thought there was a missed opportunity by the NBA. I think the fact that uh, the NBA, you know, had a you know a fine for the Mavericks. And then we kind of all forgot about it. And to me, I kind of forgot about it until we got to um, that draft lottery on Tuesday. And I'm reminded, you know, that, you know, the Knicks can get a top 10 pick, or to a top you know, 14, 11 to 14 pick, but it's going to take a lot of luck for that to happen. And that was, of course, because of the moves the Dallas Mavericks made at the end of the season. So the Knicks now come into this draft without a draft pick. Um, their second round pick they shipped out. Um, I think, I don't know if what trade it was, but they shipped that out. So they don't have a second round pick this year. First round pick that they have, their own, was sent in the Josh Hart trade. That is now the 23rd pick. Do you think the Knicks will regret coming into this draft without a draft pick? They were at the Combine until Tom Thibodeau was at the Combine yesterday on Wednesday. Another day is here,
0: and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I don't. Um, I, th- I thought the Josh Hart trade was a brilliant trade. Um, obviously paid huge dividends for the Knicks over the second half of the season first round against Cleveland hart didn't play as well against Miami um, but he's a Nick you know he's, he's a Nick guy um, you know a, a perfect fit for the city for the franchise um there's I, I shouldn't say there's no chance this very small chance that the player you pick at number 23 um, would have the type of career or let alone you know in the near future or down yeah, the road fact, Yeah as Josh Hart. Um, so, you know, for that reason, um, and, and the other, and the other, the, the other thing to, to remember is that the Knicks don't have a trade as of, to, the Knicks don't have a draft pick as of today. They could easily buy their way into the second round. Um, yep. they could trade multiple second rounders for a first rounder this year. They could also, if they like, um, Trade into the late first round. We've seen teams, you know, essentially sell, you know, late first rounders. Um, The Knicks have multiple seven first rounders over the next 11 years. They can trade, you know, two future protected picks for one or uh, pick next year for, the, you know, one of the protected picks they have for for a pick in the late 20s. And that's really where the Knicks um, have been successful. Uh, Emmanuel Quickly, 25th overall pick. Quentin Grimes, 25th overall pick. Um, These were guys that... Um, you know, kind of had, you know, had lost their luster a little bit, weren't viewed as top tier blue chip prospects, um, yeah. despite their pedigree being, you know, really high, high quality, uh, high, highly rated high school players, uh, coming out of high school, um, going to blue chip programs, you know, playing for quality coaches that prepare you for the NBA, Calvin Sampson, you know, and, and obviously quickly at Kentucky. Um, so there's, there, you know, I have faith in the Knicks front office uh, to make the right decision. If they are targeting a guy, um, you know, late twenties, early thirties, early twenties, even um, I think they have the, the draft capital. They have the ammunition to, to, to get in there and get that player. Um, and, uh, or, you know, and, and maybe somebody slips in the second round that they like. So um, the Knicks, uh, uh, you know, Jericho Sims was was a you know the second yeah. to last pick of the second round. They can get a you know n- easily get another late second rounder. Um so a lot of credit to the Knicks um, you know, front office uh and behind the scenes guys that have uh you know th- th- really done a, a solid job in terms of draft valuation.
1: Yeah, I mean I think I, I agree. First of all, when it comes to Josh Hart trade, and I know there are some fans that you know kind of saying, Oh, well, you no, know, it was it worth trading for Josh Hart for that first round pick. Yes. The short answer, yes. You know, people asking questions. Yes, it was worth trading a first-round pick to get Josh Hart, the 23rd pick in this draft. Not having that pick and having a guy who was able to contribute as much as they did, not only in the regular season, but remember also how he played in the first round of the playoffs. Yes, he didn't play well against the Heat, but the Knicks won a round the playoffs for the first time in eight years or what, ten years almost, in part because of what how Josh Hart played. So you have to give him credit. You have to give Leon Rose credit for making a good move. Now, they got to sign him. Like, right. I think that that's a big deal. Like, you got to be yep. able to keep him. You don't want to necessarily uh, lose a guy like Josh Hart and give up a first-round pick for essentially a, you know, two-, three-month rental. Right. But I, I would think the Knicks are smart enough to know that they're not going to allow that to happen. Like, they're not going to allow themselves to 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 lose a first-round pick for a guy they only had for a couple months. So if Josh Hart is signed for the next three or four years, which I think everybody is expecting, then, no, I don't think you look at this draft and say, oh, well, there was a lot of, uh, you know, guys that they could have got at 23 that the Knicks will, you know, desperately miss because they don't have Josh Hart. And you got to hope the Knicks actually picked the right guy. Like, I think yeah. that when you look at the drafts in recent years, the Knicks have actually been one of the few teams that have actually hit on some of these late first round picks. A lot of these drafts have been kind of very hit or miss over the last several years, especially when you get beyond kind of the top 15. So the chances that you actually get a guy who can come in and contribute and play at a high level and, and be as uh as solid as Josh Hart is very slim. It's gotta be real. It's a very slim chance. So I, I have no problem to met with the, uh, with the Knicks not having a first round pick this year. Is it you know, annoying. I mean, a little bit, I love the NBA draft as you know, I do a bunch of draft coverage and I follow these guys all year. So the fact that, you know, as of right now, it's hard for me to really speak about players with the Knicks in this draft because they don't have a pick. Uh, I know there have been guys who have interviewed with the Knicks. Austin Jackson of, uh, of UConn said he interviewed with Knicks. So, Knicks are talking to people. So, if they like a guy, they'll go see if they can try to get him. But um, I can't sit this, sit here and say, oh, well, they've made a, a crucial error coming into this draft without a draft pick. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, again,
0: you, the good point, though, I, I should have mentioned as well. They got to lock up uh, Josh Hart uh, this summer, and uh, I think they will. But uh, that that is an important factor in the equation.
1: So the way this lottery played out, you had Toronto, uh, the, the San Antonio Spurs, coming away with the number one pick, which will almost all but certainly be Victor Wimbenyama, the seven foot five forward slash center out of uh, out of France. We've Probably definitely the biggest prospect and the best prospect to come into the draft since LeBron James. Some will say, and I, I would agree with them, maybe the best prospect beyond even LeBron James. That's how um that's how how impressive this kid is. Seven foot five can shoot the three ball, can handle like a guard. I mean, I've never seen a player like Victor Wimpenyama. So you have um him at, uh, likely on number one. Then the way the lottery slid out, the top four picks, uh, Charlotte got the second pick. Uh, Portland got the third pick, and then um, uh, the fourth. uh, Portland got the third pick, and the fourth pick went to the Houston Rockets. The way the lottery played out, do you think there's an opportunity for the Knicks to maybe make a trade, a blockbuster trade that could get themselves into this lottery? Given how some of these players uh, shook out, I think a lot of people I've seen talking about Portland and saying, "Hey, that's a team that needs some help immediately." You would think if they're trying to. Uh, keep Dame Little around. I don't know why they'd want to do that, but it, you know, they they have a real weird relationship between the Blazers and 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 Dame, a lot of loyalty there. So could the Knicks be interested in maybe getting into that lottery and maybe offloading uh one of their, you know, ace guys, like Julius Randle potentially in a deal like that. Do you see a blockbuster potentially given how the lottery results shook out for the Knicks?
0: Yeah, I I obviously think it's highly unlikely, but if there's one spot and and people have mentioned, as you mentioned, that Portland is the place. It it sounds like they're um, at the very least going to let it be known that they will listen to offers for the number three pick. Um, And again, it seems like we've been here last offseason, the offseason before, the offseason prior to that. Do they build around Dame? Can they build a championship team with Dame? Should they unload Dame? And you know, you would think this would kind of be the a pivot point for the franchise. You know, listen, you'd sit down with Lillard and say, Look, "We love you. We love your loyalty. Yeah. We're loyal to you as well." Um, but it's probably best for the franchise and the player for the part ways. Now we have this top three pick, whether it's Scoot Henderson, whether it's Brandon Miller, um, you know, we'll, we'll get one of those guys build around them, Anthony Simons and, you know, some, some other, uh, sh- 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 Shadon Sharp. And then, you know, Dame will sh- ship you out for multiple first round picks or a young player that's on the same timeline as, as these young guys, um, Is Lillard willing to do that? Is that something they're interested in? If not, then I guess you have to consider trading that number three pick for somebody that's going to help you right now if you don't feel like Um, you know Henderson or or one of the other guys that that you're going to bring in you know they obviously have a loaded backcourt with Simons and and, and Lillard Um, so maybe the the wing is the guy they go for you know we'll see how how it plays out but I think that's certainly a a conversation worth having Um, and we'll see if there's uh, some smoke or some fire in the days weeks leading up to to the draft
1: yeah, I mean, I think that that Portland situation is something to follow. I, yeah. I think that the Blazers are a team that is in a bit of a crossroads. Like, they got to make a decision this season. Like, to go another season not doing anything significant. And I, I'll say this. I actually did like their moves last offseason. I thought Brady and Jeremy Grant was a good move. I thought yep. that they did a good job of improving the athletic profile of the team. They were a very unathletic team the last two or three years. So, I thought they made the right tweaks to try to make them a – Compelling team this year, a team that maybe could surprise people. It just did not work out. Injuries didn't uh didn't didn't go in their favor as well. So uh now you're coming to another season, Dame is a year older. You they gotta do something. So whether it is trading for stars or whether it's you know saying, okay, the full you know rebuild has begun and we're going to ship Dame out of here, one of those decisions has to be made. And I think if they do decide we're gonna try to use this number three pick for a star. I would be almost stunned that they didn't call Knicks about Julius Randle. Like just to me, like um, the ability to get a twenty-five and ten guy who is on a really good contract, who has this kind of weird relationship with the fan base in the city. I, I've always felt that like Julius Randle doesn't necessarily love being a Nick. I think that he would be totally fine if he ever got traded. I think he likes Tom Thibodeau. I think he likes uh, Leon Rose and War West. I think he loves James Dolan. I don't think he loves. Everything that comes with being a Nick and, and the Nick fans and things like that. So um i would be surprised I'd, if Portland I can at least call the Knicks.
0: I'd like a head coach if you let me do whatever I wanted to do and, and quit <laughs> you, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, uh but yeah, listen, that's the thing we've talked about with the the, the the team if if you're the Knicks, you hope a team falls in love with the regular season Julius Randle. And and right. there's reasons and, and we've talked about it. There's reasons that this player has value. Really team uh, relatively uh, Somewhere between a really good and a great contract in terms of value, fiftieth yeah. overall player, one of the you know All NBA player making you know fiftieth in the league in in terms of annual salary, and then you know you, you you have Dame, so you don't have to worry about the postseason. So that's yeah, oh uh, yeah,
1: that's a good point. <clears throat> yeah, so like that 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 fit just always, and that's why it was talked about last off season, I think was yeah. like such a bad year that you know the the Blazers weren't interested, and that's why they went to Jeremy Grant um and, and i think it will probably be talked about again i think from a nick standpoint it would have to take well number one you got to take salary back so who are you getting back in a deal from portland that would well, be the question what i was thinking was this a
0: sign and trade with jeremy grant Sign with jeremy grant right i mean that would yeah. just be perfect because then you get you get grant who's a stretch for a really talented underrated player Yes. Um and 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 the pick, and you know, if, if Blazers feel like they're gonna lose Grant anyway, then maybe and again, you know, the thing with you know, you're looking for a team that you know can focus on the regular season, Randall, because they want to get to the playoffs. You know, the the, the right. Blazers are it's not like championship or bust they want to, you know, they were obviously in the you know number lottery team this year. You can you get a guy that gives you 25, 10, and five on a nightly basis. Gets you to the to the to the regular season, and then he'll fall in line behind Dame. Dame is the alpha; he's the guy um, in the postseason. There's no question about it. And and Randall can, can just kind of chip in and fill in, um, you know, in the postseason uh, and let Dame take all the big shots. So I, I think there's 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 some interest there. I, I think it would make sense for for both sides.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's there's a framework there. I think yeah. it, it, it becomes complicated. I think when it comes to what a deal for Grant becomes, like what kind of contract right. he gets, because I right. I would think that if you're making this trade, you're trying to start over topping. so, if you're bringing in Grant, how much money are you paying for? You know, kind of a six man backup combo forward, like you know, because I'm sure he'd want what he's worth, and he's averaged 12 over twenty points the last few seasons. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, um, no, he's a
0: starter. My my thought was right, that. So he- then, my thought process was maybe you send Obi elsewhere and like a three as part of a three team deal, you know, oh, wow. like, cause I, I, cause again, if you, if you bring in grant, that means you're signing him to a long-term, I assume you're signing to like three or four year deal. Yeah. Um, And you're going to have to make a decision on Obi soon. So maybe you kind of cut, cut the court now.
1: Yeah. And then you have the number three pick. And I think what happens in the draft will also probably be determinative as well. Cause it's, you know, who's yep. available, who, what player makes sense. I mean, now, I think that some of these guys, it's, it's the, the Knicks are in a good position because this is a top heavy draft. So, let's yes. say you do say, okay, we're going to say no, we're topping out. Well, maybe uh kid okay, like Josh Walker from from, um, from Houston makes sense. He's a, a physical combo forward, really good defender, really good athlete, uh, improving shooter. You know, maybe it's a Cam Whitmore from uh, Villanova, another combo forward. More of a three, but but can play some small ball four. Like I think the you know of course if Brandon Miller slides to you at three, then you know now you got a six foot nine uh, lethal shooter. So I also am curious what player would make sense for the Knicks at three to essentially accept your probably slight downgrade from from Julius Randle to Jeremy Grant. That I think will also be would be an interesting thing to follow.
0: Uh, just personally for you, yeah. Uh, roster fit everything you're starting a franchise from scratch you have nobody on your roster is your after when do you have henderson or miller or thompson or, so, or somebody else what's your
1: I, i'd for? have i have scoot too i know okay. brandon miller is kind of leaked for a lot of people you know some people he's slid because of the the, the, the gun stuff with yeah. uh, in alabama but i'd have scoot still too i think brandon miller is three um i i I, and that fourth spot, I think, is interesting. I mean, I, I really liked Walker from Houston. I know the Thompson twins uh, are crazy athletic. Amin has had a great handle. He's a great passer. I'm just – the shots for both of them are just – I'm very skeptical.
0: It's going to take a you, while,
1: I think, for those guys are are, are real players. I agree with you. To be able to score.
0: Right, right. I agree with you with Scooter too. I'm surprised so many people have Miller ahead yeah. of him. But do you think there's a big drop-off uh, between – Three and then everyone else, you know. Yes. The top yeah, one, I, I think three and then everyone
1: else, yeah. I think the top three guys I think Vin, Vin Mayama's in a class of his own. I think yes. two and three I think are, are fairly close between scoot and Brandon Miller. I think once you okay. get past three, it is a drop off. I, I gotcha. think that you can still get a good player. Um, yes. I really yeah. like Anthony Black from Arkansas, but and at Taylor Hendricks, I think maybe you know. He's not necessarily a a he's not necessarily a, you know a mystery guy anymore. I think a lot of people are realizing, hey, this guy maybe he needs to go to the top five. But um, he he's a guy in in some ways. I, I've looked at him, and if the Knicks did get a pick in the first round, uh, I thought that maybe he would have been the perfect replacement for Obi Toppin because essentially he is the player the Knicks are trying to make Obi Toppin into this stress right, four right, guy that right. stands in the corner who can shoot threes. So like, they they are good players. I just think when you get past three, it, it's it's yeah, an entirely yeah. this, different this,
0: draft. I think this is one of those drafts where you ask 10 different GMs, you can have, you know, somebody will have – somebody will four, somebody will have them at eight, somebody yeah. will have them at six, somebody, you know, like all those guys are, are – I don't want to say interchangeable, but based on preference and roster composition all that stuff.
1: And last thing quickly on the lottery, how do you expect the Miyama mm-hmm. to Spurs fit to go?
0: I love it. Um, just as a basketball fan, obviously I'm rooting yeah. for one by Yana, fascinated to see how this thing plays out. Um, you know, I just, as you may, I, I personally, um, I, I I would have LeBron as a better prospect, you know, in terms of you know durability and just a higher floor and an insane ceiling. <laughs> Maybe the biggest right. greatest player of all time, you know, like so yeah. for those reasons, I, I thought he's a little, you know, like the, you know pre, you know the internet. I don't want to say pre-internet, but pre-social media age. Like you had to like read about this guy in papers and watch a game every once in a while. Like there weren't as many highlights and stuff. Um, all that said. Uh, I, I really like the fit in San Antonio. Obviously Popovich um, has had success with you know French players, Tony Parker and Boris Diao, and there's strong yeah. relationship there. Um uh, and just the just the the organization understands how to develop a young, transit you know, you know, franchise-altering talent, um, a, a big man. So I think it's a good fit. They're not going to push him too hard. They're going to give him, you know, they, you know, they're not worried about him, you know, you know, winning. He'll, he's going to win Rookie of the Year, all that other stuff. They're not going to force him to play eighty-two games and, and pack the house every night. Um, bring him along slowly um, and just kind of let him develop at his own pace.
1: Yeah, I, I, Spurs, man, they they really. It's like. Some people, how did they get so lucky? I mean, you had okay. David Robinson in 87, then Tim Duncan in uh 97, and then now oh, a victory in 2023. It's like and all bigs, too. It's like crazy. Like, it's like as soon as I saw how the top four shook out with Spurs being in there, it just seemed like it made too much sense for him to to be a Spur. And it was funny, uh, I saw Fred Katz was in the room when the numbers were being drawn. He said that the Spurs not only won the first drawing. Then they got the next two drawings because, uh, you know, there are a bunch of combinations that can come up that will come up a certain team. So they had to keep drawing to just get a team beyond the Spurs. So it seemed like it was destiny that the Spurs absolutely were going to get that number one pick. And some people say something else, but I would say just destiny that they were going to get number, two pick, number one pick. Yeah, I, I think it's a great fit for, for Victor. Um, it's interesting. I, I've been actually really critical of Greg Popovich and the Spurs front office because I think they've kind of run their organization into the ground, really, since the Kawhi Leonard trade. Like, that trade wasn't good, and then a lot of moves and draft picks they've made since then have not worked. So, yep. in some ways, this feels like a lifeline to them, and I think they're going to be having the last laugh because I, I think Wimbyama is the real deal. You can never really just, you know, uh, look at health, and you don't really know what's going to okay. happen. You look at his body, you look at how tall he is, and you, you say, okay, there are obvious things that maybe come up as red flags, but this is a guy who played every game, in his French league, like this guy missed no games. He's been very durable uh, early on in his career. So we'll see how it goes. But, and the only thing on the, on the, on the LeBron comparison, because I feel like people are like kind of missing the point when they say like best prospect. Cause to me, I, I would agree that LeBron was more hype because, you know, ESPN games, plus illustrated covers, things of that nature. But I think, I think the way I'm viewing as best prospect is they say, okay, if LeBron James was in high school, and this kid was playing at the same time LeBron James was playing. Who would be number one pick? I think this kid would be the number one pick. Like I think that he, the seven foot five three point shooter with his crazy handle, the way he plays, like we've never seen. I think that LeBron would go number two. That is, I think the difference. I don't think that people think that there's more hype behind this kid regarding like the media attention. I just or pressure even, but I think it's it's actual player. Yeah, I, I personally
0: would go LeBron. Listen, you can't go wrong either way. I just think the combination sure. of size, strength, passing ability. That's the thing. Aye. I hear mean, you. Watch some of those highlights, you know, like the way he sees the floor. He's a Zabon. Like he's a basketball yeah. genius. Oh, yes. The, the likes of which we'll never see. And just uh, just the the, the the thing on Wembayana that scares me, the history of players over 7-2, 7'2", 7'3", and foot yeah. injuries and, and long-term, that just scares me to death. So I, I hope that, you know, Wambayana is the exception of the rule. I, there's never been a player that's been able to survive in five years, 10 years in the NBA, um, let alone 20 like LeBron. 20 is obviously LeBron's the outlier. But I just think, um, and he didn't know that going in, but I just I just thought LeBron was the, the best prize. The, 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 the argument for Wembayana is he doesn't have a single hole in his game. I mean, he can yeah. shoot. LeBron wasn't a great shooter coming in. He um, felt he would work on it, obviously. He uh, can't go wrong with either guy, let's put it that way.